0: And this helps you to stimulate around the
1: eyes.
0: Latest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experiences. Magnesium is naturally found in foods like This is the Well and Good podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency. Ah. <sighs> the comfort of your
2: favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana.
4: I'm Taylor Camille, senior producer here at Well and Good, and today we are talking about leaving the nest. Before the pandemic, 47% of millennials were already recorded to be living in their parents' homes, as recorded in February of 2020, according to the Pew Research Center. And by July of last year, that number had increased by 5% to 52, with a number of us, myself included, flocking back and taking cover in our childhood rooms. This unprecedented time in lockdown tested a lot of relationships, especially between adult children and their parents. Because it's hard, I mean, to establish boundaries with the people that raise you and only want the best for you and who previously you may have only had to endure for a few weeks out of the year. As the dust has settled, many of us who moved home or just spent a lot of time there are now reconciling with our new versions of adulthood. Lots of questions (laughs) have come up. How much should we depend on our parents? How much should they depend on us? What classifies the new standard of an independent adult? Why is there such a stigma in moving back home? And when do we know it's time to leave the safety net of our parents' basements and continue to forge our own paths? So how do we even define adulthood and what are the requirements for entry?
0: is actually defined by sociologists and this definition has existed since the 1950s. So there are five steps that when you check them off, you're said to have crossed into adulthood. That's Kayleen Schaefer, journalist and author of Text
4: Me When You Get Home and But You're Still So Young, a book on reimagining your 30s. The book charts not only her own story navigating this time, but also follows eight others.
0: So the first one is finishing school completing school whatever that meant to you high school college graduate degree the second is leaving the house Mm -hmm. you grew up in and then you can flip these but marrying is another one becoming financially independent so making your own money and the fifth is having children and so that's a lot of things and in the 50s (laughs) these things have been checked off by most people when they were in their late teens or early 20s. And in many cases, when I talk to people in their 30s and they think of their own parents and they say, Yeah, like my parents had me when they were 26. That kind of comparison comes up a lot. What did you
4: ask what did me? I ask? What did you ask me the other day as it relates to children?
3: When are you going Are you pregnant? No. I've
4: been doing that on a work. Podcast? What in the hell is wrong with you? That's my mother. What did you ask me the other day?
3: Are you ever going to have kids?
4: Yeah, okay. And how old were you when you had me?
3: I was 34 when I had you.
4: So why, why are you asking me at 28, almost
3: 29? <laughs> That's all I- your friends are having babies. I just thought I'd get in on the rodeo beforehand. I mean- Do you feel like you were behind the curve when you... Um, no, because I thought in all fairness, I wanted to get the selfishness of humans out of my system before I brought a child in the world. I really needed to make sure I traveled a lot of places alone.
4: Something she would be completely terrified of if I had told her I wanted to do.
3: And that I'd accomplished things I wanted to do professionally and personally, and I was ready to share that that world with another human being. That was most important to me. So even though I was older at that time, I don't think I was a lot older than the rest of my friends because four of my friends had babies within three months of me having a baby.
4: How old were you when you left your parents' home? And did you ever move back? I mean, your parents were 15 split. You were 15 when you left?
3: Graduated from high school. Uh-huh.
4: And then did you ever go Went to college. Mm,
3: only when they weren't there to visit their house. <laughs>
4: <laughs> for me, my parents divorced when I was nine in 2000. I uprooted from Los Angeles and moved to the East Coast in Maryland, just outside of D.C. And from there on out, the majority of the time was spent being raised by her. It was just her and I. When I left for college, were you sad?
3: Oh, I was so sad, but I couldn't say it because I didn't want you to change any of your plans because I was a sap. I was sad. You were my best. You were my dog. You were my daughter. You were my partner in crime, but it was good to see you grow.
4: So then, like any average teen, I moved out, went to college, spent some time living in Los Angeles post-grad Moved to New York in 2018, never to return to my childhood home again, except for holidays and the like, or so I thought. It happened quickly, but I think there was like a slow reckoning or
2: build, and this kind of mentality of like, we have to get out now Mm -hmm. because we may be stuck, or we may run out of food, or we may not have toilet paper, or oh my gosh, I'm living in like a two by two apartment in New York City alone. I can't go out and be with friends or go to restaurants or see shows. Like everything that I used to do is taken away. And so I'm not going to sit here by myself. And I (laughs) think a lot of people were
4: panicked. That's Melissa DeVaris Thompson, a licensed marriage and family therapist.
2: I primarily see women and couples in their 20s and 30s in New York City. But I was always fascinated with how people became who they were, the stories they told how the experiences they had impacted who they became in the world. When the pandemic hit, there was so much fear. There was so much unknown. People were freaking out. You know, are they going to block Manhattan? And you're not going to be able to actually get off the island. And (laughs) what does that mean? Escape now. Go buy toilet paper. And I mean, don't you remember that? It was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. When crisis hits, depending on your relationship with your family, like that has to be kind of the the basis, right? That's like the foundation. What is the relationship like with your family? And if it's good enough, you want stability. You want some sense of certainty when there is so much uncertainty
4: Yeah, that a
2: lot of people, their go-to was my parents, my parents, like they love me. I know they love me efficiently. Most people's parents aren't going to say, no, you can't move back in the middle of a pandemic.
3: I wanted you where I could see you. I was like, no, you need to come home. I called you back from freaking Australia, New Zealand, wherever the heck you were
4: Fiji. I was Fiji. in Fiji.
3: I made you come home. <laughs> I remember you telling me, well, we're thinking we would stay a couple more days. Besides, if we get stuck, we'll just stay here because they have Wi Fi and I, I could work for them anywhere. <laughs> well, rent a place. I'm thinking, and that's when I had to tell you: not only do, are you coming back, but you're coming to DC. Don't bother going to New York because at that point, New York was the epicenter.
4: And so, when I returned from the trip, I never wanted to end. Reality or some seemingly apocalyptic version of it really set in. Melissa reminds us: the other thing you have to remember is that a lot of
2: people's services and things like that were taken away. So, for mm-hmm. example, childcare. People were now being required to work from home and what do I do with my screaming three-year-old or my baby or my newborn or I'm pregnant. I don't want to give birth in a hospital in a massive city where there's COVID and they have trucks outside with bodies in them. No, thank you. So for a lot of people, it just felt really important to be able to move. And it was also the first time I think in our history where companies that weren't open to remote working all of a sudden had to be.
4: I worked remote. Luckily, I had trotted my work laptop along with me on vacation. Typical American behavior. I borrowed some clothes from my mom's wardrobe, amongst other things I left behind in my childhood bedroom for Zoom calls because my suitcase of bathing suits wouldn't cut it, and got to work. And then one day, about a month into lockdown, I got a call.
3: Yeah, you got laid off, and you were bummed about it. You range between being bummed and excited because you thought, oh, I'll get severance. Only they weren't really giving you that much severance. And then came the, oh, I can get unemployment.
4: Were you worried when I got laid off? No. You were worried. I had food in my
3: house. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to make sure you're going to continue to be productive. So I was just encouraging you. what you do for yourself today? How's your podcast coming? Because you'd had the ideas for the podcast for a long time. COVID presented an opportunity for you to fulfill some really important conversations you wanted to have.
0: Losing your plan makes you open to things that you never thought you would be open to. That's Kayleen again. And Mm -hmm. I think that that can be a really good thing. I think we all knew before the pandemic that that life doesn't always go as Planned, but there was a little bit more sense of like I'm in control, I'm the one pulling the strings. And then I think the pandemic happened, and it's just so clear how forceful and unexpected life can be. I just think the pandemic just showed us how much more open we can be. I was really intense. I wanted to be a writer. Was really intense, and still quite driven. But you know, I, I just I saw everything revolved around me making this career as a writer and an editor and I had a job at a magazine and I was a senior editor and I was just very excited that the word senior was in my title and I thought, like, okay, great, I'm doing this, this is what I most wanted to do and I thought, I'm going to have this career and then I'm going to figure out the rest of my personal life around it. I'll figure out, do I want to get married? Do I want to have children? like how, how can I buy an apartment or save money and feel financially stable? And then I got laid off. It was like a Wednesday. I was not expecting it. And it happens in seconds. And all of a sudden, all of this stable career and life that I thought that I had been working toward and that I was going to swing the rest of my like stable traditional adulthood around was just gone. And that was really shocking to me. The book goes through my story, but I also I wanted to look at people who weren't necessarily jumping into that mold, but considering other milestones. So I wanted to put this model of adulthood, this non-traditional model, front and center. Originally, I intended to only follow them for a year, but because of the pandemic, I just ended up following them for two, because when do you get the chance to you know, report as it's happening to something right. that none of us ever expected we'd be living through?
4: So I wondered, what are those new milestones? How are we redefining adulthood and taking the steps we need to, to get where we wanna be? And how do we find comfort in setting our own standard?
1: Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I have been toying with this.
0: Like, I was thinking, like, well, gosh, should I create the new milestones of adulthood? Should I lay out what those are? But then Mm -hmm. I'm just being as prescriptive as these sociologists were in the 1950s. We all have some of these traditional steps in mind, but they've all shifted wildly. For the first time, and this has been true before the pandemic, but has only increased because of the pandemic, living at home with your parents is the most common way of living for people ages 18 to 34. That didn't used to be true. The, The most common way used to be with a romantic partner. But Mm -hmm. not so anymore. And these people are all doing different things. They're going after different milestones. And yet it, it does seem like we're doing this together. Like we're in this together because we have this new opportunity to structure our adulthood how we really want to, not based on the traditional adulthood model that's been around since the 1950s. Now, the most recent census data numbers we have are from 2016. And the percentage of people that have done these things by 34 is just 24% of people. I tell a very positive story of we have these choices. We can structure our adulthood how we want. But we are also coming out of the second once-in-a-lifetime recession that we were supposed to go through. Our wages aren't rising with the cost yeah. of living. Rent is high. The cost of home ownership is Crazy high the costs of health care, the costs of childcare. It's all only going up, and so we do have these disadvantages financially, mostly, to creating these traditional adulthoods and that can hold people back. And it is not easy to hit these 1950s kind of benchmarks of the middle class that that were easier to hit back then. In America, there's a little bit of hand wringing about it. We picture the. Kid in the basement, smoking pot. Was mom does the laundry? Like that's the stereotype that we have. And it just makes sense. It just depends on what you're doing while you're living with mom and dad, not just the fact that you're living with mom and dad. Are you in San Francisco and going to graduate school and housing is preposterous there? And so you're living with your parents or did you have a relationship fall apart and you need to like go back and, you know, nurse your wounds (laughs) for a couple months with your parents or during the pandemic, did you get furloughed? Did you lose your job? Or did you just want to take care of your parents? Or did you need your parents to take care of you? Like all of that stuff, if you have access to it, is really great. And I Mm -hmm. don't think that there should be this hand wringing over it. It doesn't mean you're any less adult or mature. As I worked with
2: people week through week through the pandemic, it's like, oh, this is a theme that's emerging. And then the next week, there'd be kind of a different theme that I would kind of hear collectively Mm. would be happening, like. In the honeymoon phase, everyone's kind of excited to make dinner together and sit down together and reconnect. The biggest thing I heard, meals are cooked for me Mm
4: -hmm. or
2: groceries just show up or my laundry's done and folded. The little niceties that you, as an independent adult, don't really have somebody doing for you. And then it would be like, okay, so yeah, we're falling back into old dynamics and, you know, my parents think that I shouldn't have handled the situation in a certain way. And so I think, you know, for a lot of people, it was navigating, I'm not a kid anymore, but I am living in their house. How do I balance setting some loving boundaries so I don't get driven crazy,
4: mm-hmm.
2: but also be really respectful and thankful.
4: You always lament when I'm at your house. What am I gonna say?
3: I always lament you when you're at my house. <laughs> What you cooking? I (laughs) don't know. Yes. You never cook for me. You always cook for other people. Then you come home, you expect me to be your, I'm like, how does this work? I think you've cooked something me one time, maybe. No, twice. I think it was a growth time for both of us. I was able to let go on certain levels and truly embrace, you know, the adult that you are. And Equally, I think you, too, were able to truly embrace the adult that you are. You weren't as put off by any of my criticisms or my mindless suggestions about everything. You knew how to pick and choose what you need and discard the rest and not be offended. That's a big, big step. Big, big step.
4: Do you feel like we had healthy boundaries during the time um, oh, oh yeah
3: I don't think I got in your way You, well see you really had healthy boundaries while you were staying downstairs in your little lair and you'd go down there you'd do your exercise and you'd sleep in your room you'd get up all hours of the night until one fine day you were laying on the carpet and you looked over because you get a lot of crickets here and so we put down cricket tap with their glue and they stick to them and you looked over and there was a little mouse having a breakfast, buffet, buffet. <laughs> And all you can as eat special. Laying, as you're laying on your back doing your exercise or yoga, and you look over and see that thing, and it looks at you and then move. You flew up the stairs. And the funny thing was, when you got to the top of the stairs, what did I say to you? A mouse. Saw a mouse. <laughs> you were like, how did you know it?
4: I might not have known I'd encounter a mouse that day in my mother's basement, but I did have an inkling it was time to go shortly after. Mouse or not, when do we know it's time to leave? Kayleen reminds us of this.
0: Do things on your own timeline, and it's okay to go backwards and forwards and sideways and upside down and whatever you need to do to make your life your own. And eventually you're going to get to someplace that's really just yours. It's not just the stereotypical mold that you thought you had to dump your life into. You're going to figure out what you really want and hopefully get to accomplish it all. Melissa had this
2: to offer. When you're thinking about leaving, you know, when it feels right for you to actually leave your parents home and you've established a routine and it hasn't been horrendous, right? Like Mm -hmm. for those people that it's been a really hard experience, they're ready to get out and their families are (laughs) probably ready for them to get out too. (laughs) But the ones where it's been kind of nice. Overall, nice yeah, and yeah. pleasant. And you've worked through establishing new boundaries. And maybe you've gotten to get to know each other on a deeper level that you wouldn't have had the chance to mm-hmm. had this not happened. That, I think, is a silver lining of this pandemic.
3: I never thought that I would get to a point where I didn't want you to leave. I always thought, from the time you are a kid, I was like, oh, I can't wait till she gets out of it. But when you came back this time, because really you've really never come back and stayed home more than a week or so before then. Oh, I said, I'm going to really have to work on this one. She's leaving. I've become, it's become nice to know she's in that room again. (laughs) Yeah, you're talking to me and I'm not even there. Uh Uh-huh. Totally, totally.
2: It can feel hard because a lot of parents don't want their kids to leave. They don't. Yeah, because they've gotten used to it. They've they've really had a nice experience. Mm -hmm. So what to do about that? I think for me, it comes back to gratitude and just being really honest and transparent in terms of how meaningful this was.
3: The only really silver lining was that I got to spend more time with you. What was the silver lining for you?
4: (laughs) The silver lining for me was having time to pause allowing my mother to see me fully as my capable adult self even if under her roof even if without a job it was nice to reminisce look through old vhs's that she eventually tasked me with transferring to digital it was just that spending of quality time that otherwise we would not have had the opportunity to do as weird as it sounds i'm so grateful for the time and i hope you too can reflect back on whatever your pandemic pod quarantine situation was or is, and think about how it evolved your relationship with yourself and others, and continue to assess your own needs, set your own standards, and not fall into the outdated demands of our world. On today's show, you heard from Melissa DeVaris Thompson, Kayleen Schaefer, and of course, my very own mother. This episode was produced by Ella Dove, Kate Spees, and myself, Taylor Camille, along with many other hands and brains at Well and Good. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. Today's episode was scripted in part by Stella Hartman, mixing and scoring by our sound engineer, Joanna Samuel, and our theme music was created by Madeline Lekomsky and Matt DiDomenico. Our show art was designed by Jenna Gibson and Karina Masonette. Special thanks to Jess Friedman, Allie Short, Jen Snyder, and Cassie Wolf.